This is Heroin Addiction, presented by That Time I Got Reincarnated in the Same World as an Anime Podcaster, where two guys with wives they love talk about escapist fantasy romance. I'm Isekai Sensei-sama, a.k.a. Brad, and as always, I'm joined by Bento Baggins, a.k.a. Ben. Hello. So this time, we're going to be talking about The Villainous Turns the Hourglass. This is a series that actually completed recently, uh, and Ben was looking to try something out that's a full work, uh, 100% completed. So, Villains Turns the Hourglass ended um, a little more than a month ago, I want to say. might have been two months now, and, um, and that was actually the epilogue that ended. So, the main series ended a while back, and uh, then, then we got the epilogue, so. So I'll read the summary here, and then we'll get into it. After her lowly mother married a count, Arya enjoyed a life full of luxury while harassing her gentle stepsister, Mael. Several years later, Arya is about to be executed when Mael reveals that she wickedly tricked Arya into building the bad reputation that ultimately brought her to the scaffold. Just as Arya desperately wishes she could change her fate, she sees a curious hourglass that takes her back into the past. Now, Arya can destroy Mael by using her own tactics against her like a true villainess. The power of the hourglass is on her side. Can Arya take everything from Mael, or will her actions change the past in ways she couldn't have imagined? So yeah, I had been reading this series for a long time. I think it's actually one of the first manhwa that I ever started reading. I don't think it was the first, but I, I want to say within the first 10. Um, and I got really into it. I really liked the setup. I liked how all of the different uh, political plots and then the, you know, the in-family plots and everything, um, they, they went through all these different machinations and everything. And I, I really liked how it was all sort of set up and you, you had really good payoffs and everything. Um, and I know for you, Ben, uh, having read a lot of these other series where we didn't get that deep into it, mm-hmm. um, or maybe, you know, we're, we're into it, but we haven't reached a conclusion yet. So we're still sort of like, you know, is this, are they going to stick the landing? Yeah, so it's like hundreds of, and hundreds of pages of setup. And it's like, well, we need a very satisfying payoff then. Yeah. And it could happen, but yeah, it's still being written. So I'm, I'm stuck waiting and I don't have access to the novel as far as I know. Yeah. I'm not sure where to find that. Um, but it is, yes, it is based on a novel. Um, but yeah, so for this one, you know, it's, it's not super long. Um, it looks like the, the main story is 104 chapters, and then there's uh, 21 chapters of epilogue. So having seen a lot of the um, unfinished ones that are doing stuff that's good but could fail at the end, mm-hmm. did you get a different experience from this one? Yeah, I did actually. Uh, though I will say I don't think it was 
perfect. I had a few issues, but I definitely had a lot of fun reading it. I, though it is only 120 some chapters, it took me a while to read. It immediately, like, I was just sitting there on my phone, just scrolling for like hours. Um, as in, like, there was a lot uh, of text. Yeah, mm-hmm. it it actually took me probably like twelve hours total to read, which isn't a hugely long time, but that's like proper light novel length almost. Yeah, and so I I did get really into it. I got really into it like a soap opera, but there were, there were, and, and like, I think the little complexities, the things I don't like maybe made it better. Cause it, it that it wasn't just uncomplicated fan service. Mm-hmm. There, there were some like moral conundrums and the, the whole thing is Arya is supposed to be a true villainous. She's supposed to be almost an anti-hero yeah. as far as these things go. And I think the things I didn't like actually served to make her that anti-hero and not just a hero. Because some of the stuff she did, I, I, I found a little villain-esque, I guess. There's, they, I, see, this was difficult for me because as I was reading through this, there's definitely parts where... They're purposefully trying to portray her that way. And, and in, in some cases, she outright says that, you know, in her inner dialogue. She expresses like, yes, I'm, I'm the villainous here. This is a bad thing that I'm doing. And yet, most of the time when they did that, I felt like they weren't really... They weren't selling it. Yeah. yeah. Y- y- you know, the- and, it's, and it, it, it wasn't so much a like... Uh, show don't tell kind of thing it was you know the the thing that she was doing could be considered villainous but the reasons she was doing it like there was always something else going on that gave the proper excuse for that it's it's like a it will be like a self-defense excuse kind of thing i'm i personally think there's a disconnect between what the author thought was villain like and what actually was villain like for me the whole thing uh, the main thing i don't like is mael i which i, I think is the point <laughs> well it's not that i don't like mael i think the problem is i had more sympathy for mael than i was intended to have oh, okay yeah yeah yes yes indeed because and and you know i'd, I'd like to get your opinion on this but for me um you know, they start off, especially in the first timeline, as they sort of, you know, when she goes back in time, she has the mind of an, an adult. Although, mm-hmm. you know, she didn't really grow that much in the first timeline. But they very clearly show you that Mael is being influenced by bad actors. Yeah. Um, the main one being her maid, Emma. Yeah. Um, but then also her father to some extent um her brother the the other nobles around her um the the fredericks isis um so you have all these people who are influencing this what eight-year-old or whatever who suddenly has to share her life with this random person off the street like 
And then everybody's whispering in her ear, like, oh, she's awful commoner. Like, uh. yeah. And that was another thing I wanted to talk about. Like, I, I know they're positioning it as her father married a commoner and Mael just cannot stomach a commoner mm-hmm. living with her. And that's true. That is how Mael acts. She is biased and bigoted and whatever. But her dad married a prostitute. Yeah. And it's like, I'm trying to, but she was a really, really beautiful prostitute. Yeah, sure. But, (laughs) and, and she's a nice lady. I actually like that character. Karen. Yeah. Yeah. But she, um, you know, if, if my dad, if my mom had recently died and my dad comes home with his prostitute and her child and it's like, here's your sister. Well, yeah, that's going to cause some tension. Yeah. And it's not really the the daughter's fault or even the prostitute's fault. It, it is 100% the dad's fault. But eight-year-old kid doesn't necessarily know where to direct their anger. They can't attack the grown woman. They can't attack the father. They're going to attack the the other child. Yeah. And so there was that angle of like, Miles' initial anger is understandable. And they, they have to go to great lengths to like undo their own setup and i think some of it is this um like all of these otome isekai light novels they they really go for extremes of drama yeah and and i think that works out like that's why we're here yeah (laughs) is because it's the same reason i like b horror movies is it's it's over the top Mm -hmm. and that's great and and that makes it easy to ignore and enjoy anyway because i did really like this but she had to be a prostitute, didn't she? She couldn't just be a commoner, right? Like it has to be the most extreme well, version. And well, so, and I should say anybody who hasn't read this, we are going to be spoiling lots of stuff here. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, but I think the prostitution angle was somewhat necessary to have the proper lineage set up for Arya. I guess. I mean, there's a lot of ways a single woman could have a lost love. That's true. But I I don't think it would have been quite (laughs) as like, oh, it was a one time thing, even though they were like really into each other. And then he disappeared and nobody could talk about it because she was a prostitute. Right. Oh, yeah. And, And like, don't get me wrong. I'm not here to say like, I'm not trying to like shame sex work or anything. But in this highly classist society and the story being about class, it's like, how did this even happen? How was this allowed? Hmm. Who married them? Like no church in medieval England was going to perform this marriage. Right, right. Like, that's, so there was that angle to it is like that there is a reason this doesn't happen a lot in history because there are systems in play to keep people out. Yeah. Uh, no matter how stupid the count is. Or the Duke, or he was a Count. Yeah. Right? Okay. Um, Count Rosent. Yeah. So there was that. that. Sorry. Count Rosente. Rosente? (laughs) That's that's what the pronunciation guides said. I don't know if that's more like Italian than I was. I always read it as French. I think a lot of this was supposed to be French. Yeah. So. Well, it is not Rosente unless it's past tense, Uh, (laughs) which it might be. Spoilers. Um, but yeah, I thought that Mael was done a little dirty. Um, I thought that Arya 
Arya, traumatized Arya, assumes the absolute worst of Mael. Mm -hmm. That she is this, like, ultimate, like, maniacal Joker villain who's got, like, plans on plans on plans. And as the series goes on, it's just like, Mael's an idiot. Yeah, there was, I did think this quite a lot. Um, the fact that, like, Arya continues to go, like, oh... She's making, she's probably making these plans and this, that. And it's like, no, Arya, that was in the past timeline where you were dumb and like people were helping her and you destroyed a lot of those people pretty early on in the second timeline. <laughs> she doesn't have those people to help her now. Yeah. It, it's like, Arya, you're playing chess and she's playing Candy Crush. Yeah. Like this is, <laughs> this is totally different. I do. I do want to say, though, because I think and I, I don't know how purposeful this was on the part of the author, but um, after Arya sort of like deals with Mael, um, she Mael becomes like her maid or whatever. She's completely mm -hmm. sort of destroyed um, the Rosense, right? Um, but she's like, oh. Myel is my sister, like the act she's putting on. Oh, she's my sister. I, I still want to take care of her. She really actually does give Myel a lot of leeway and chances. And Myel still goes all in on like, I hate her and I want to destroy her. Well, so I think the author was saying like, I we didn't quite get enough evil from Myel early on. So we have to give an excuse now. Oh, I get that too, but I, I think it fell flat because you you drove her to this. You you broke her down psychologically, mm. and now she's desperate. And and they tried to even with the the brother who I, I have pages and pages of notes. The brother is not in any of my notes. I don't even know his name. <laughs> I hate I hated Kane. He was the worst character. Uh, his his entire characterization is oh Arya's hot. <laughs> yeah, and it's like okay, play the Pornhub music. Like, right. what weird step relationship is this? But I Kane reforms to an extent. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he, accepts... he right. He accepts his his position of like yeah. the house has been destroyed. I'm just gonna try and do my best and live on. But he never loses that like. I would like to get with Arya. And I think that's what they kept as the line of like, he's not a good guy. Well, and they, they did that with like the, the like poison blood of his family. It was like, um, his dad's a pervert. Yeah. Idiot. And Kane's a pervert idiot. And well, and can I say the, I don't think that the count got, what he was due like they sort of just like wrote him you, off in the end you mean not enough or too much not I'm enough gonna, oh i'm gonna disagree i mean <laughs> what what really happened to him he he became paraplegic right and then everybody abandoned him and then he hung himself <sighs> that doesn't After they took all his money <laughs> yeah and put him in a shitty nursing home I didn't... See the thing the thing with him is that like <clears throat> while there wasn't a whole lot of like outright awful things that he did sort of like directly to people 
the whole thing is his fault, you know? Oh yeah. Because he was, he was because a shitty he was person. attempting to use Arya and her mother. Right. He, that's what was his undoing. If he had simply given Arya credit for her ideas, if he had simply treated the mother like an actual wife and not just arm candy until she reaches her expiration. If day. he had paid attention to his children. Yeah. So I just sort of feel like his ending was sort of just like an off screen. Like, yeah, he got what was coming to him. It's fine. And, it's, and I felt like I, I needed a little bit more closure there. Uh, I guess I thought he was like, I don't know. I thought they did him like comically dirty just with like how he, he wakes up and, and he blames my for everything. I mean, she did everything. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, I know who really cares about me. And then they show like the two, the two loving women. And then like they immediately cut to, and this is how we're going to steal all of his money. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> He was a joke character. <laughs> yeah, to an extent. I don't know. I th- I think they probably couldn't have done much more than that without it feeling like piling on because they didn't really focus on how he was sort of the source of all of this. They 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 really focused on like um Mael. Mael, the the maid who sort of got Mael to that position. Um, Emma was the good. other aristocrats like yeah, Emma, the scorned aristocrat who's who can't stand to see the prostitute. I, I like that. I did like her ending. I that was yeah. good. The comeuppance there was like, oh, uh, chef's kiss. <laughs> well, and, and I, I feel like the, the main antagonist wanted to be Lady Isis. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 interesting though cuz they sort of they sort of set up multiple people as like the main bad guy. Mm-hmm. But then like they sort of shifted around. So, you know, you start you sort of start off and you're going like, "Oh, Mael is doing this because of Emma." So, okay, oh, they've taken out Emma. Oh no, wait. Mael's still a piece of shit. Uh, oh wait, okay, here, Isis Frederick. She's here. She's doing all this political stuff. She's using Mael. There, she's doing all this stuff. Oh, they're talking about doing a rebellion against the kingdom. Like, oh, you know, all this stuff going on. And then it's like, oh, now they're gone. <laughs> yeah, it was Mael the whole time, but it wasn't. That and that that was kind of that was the main problem. And I don't want to harp on it because that is, I think. Toward like if I were writing this story towards the end, I would have either sent Mael off into obscurity and just you know let her live as a commoner or whatever, or I would have had her have a little bit of a redemption arc when she realized she was finally being used by all these people because Mael is basically like I, I know they're doing like a cyclical thing where Mael is now becoming Arya. Mm-hmm. but Mael is not going to get a magical hourglass when she gets her head cut off. And I did, okay, I did like when Mael finally gets her head cut off. Arya has those comically stupid, like, binoculars that you hold up with a <laughs> stick, and the blood splatters on them, and she's like, excellent. 
That was that was Chef's Kiss Otome Isekai <laughs> villainous stuff right there. Um But the things I did like were I like the romance. I like the romance between Yeah, we haven't Aria, even brought up Asher yet. Yeah, and Asher. The Prince. So, Asterop Franz. Yeah, that was a dumb name. I'm gonna call him <laughs> Asher. Well, everybody calls him Asher. I don't yeah. even know why he's got two names. I don't understand. Yeah, I I don't like his name, but I like him. Yeah, they they had a It's interesting cuz I I feel like he's sort of um like a a second thought in a lot of this. Cuz there's obviously like a main part of this series is their romance that they have. Yeah. But also, he just is sort of secondary to whatever Arya is doing and just sort of, like, shows up to help out sometimes. I don't know. I Okay. So this is where I'm going to reveal, again, Sailor Moon has been a huge influence <laughs> on my life. And I, I'll need a love triangle. Sometimes I just need Tuxedo Mask to show up and help out. Oh, certainly. And, I, don't, I don't think it was necessarily bad. I just sort of feel like they could have made him more involved. But then you also have that side of like, well, but it's Arya's thing that she's doing and she's the main focus. So if he's involved too much, does it take away from what Arya's doing? Well, I think he was there to... I, I don't think he was an afterthought. I think he is definitely a, a B-plot. Yeah. Arya's heritage. And and by the way, I, I always got like a little. Okay. So they raised the whole thing with Cain of uh, incest. <laughs> and then she starts getting real sweet on Asher. And then she finds out that her powers could only come from being part of the Imperial family. And I was like, how closely are you guys related and why is that not ever a concern <laughs> to either of you they did they did explain the the they so, did so technically yes they are related but it's like third cousins or something like that it's not great no but it's also like <laughs> it's legal it's, i guess it's the kind of thing where in a you know in a city or, you know, a country that isn't large, especially, you know, this is the classic, you know, medieval but not medieval setting, mm-hmm. right? Um, you could definitely, like, meet someone who you've never met before, fall in love with them, and then find out that you're somewhat related, you know? Mm-hmm. It, I, I think it's it, – I personally, I don't think it becomes weird – but I mean, look, I was able to enjoy Game of Thrones, so I'm not going <laughs> to <laughs> I'm not going to cast too much shade on this because this is a thing, especially royals. You got to be of royal blood to marry a royal. Yeah. And you talk about a city of a couple thousand. Well, you're talking about a population of like a couple hundred yeah. fit to marry a royal. So, so I, I, I don't remember but, the exact line here, but it was that uh, like the. The 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 people of Asher's great grandfather's line, I want to say, uh, there was a, a sister or something who 
I can't remember if it was ran away, but they basically left and went to the ne- the next kingdom over, which is Croa, and became nobles there. And so then, you know, three generations later, two generations later, whatever it is, you have one of these nobles, Chloe, mm-hmm. um, who's a man. <laughs> Which is a girl's name. <laughs> um, visits the, the kingdom and visits this prostitute. He falls in love with her immediately, but she's a prostitute and he has to leave and all that. And, and they get separated. Doesn't ever know that he got her pregnant. Um, and so that's, that's how they're related. So there's, there's, you know, 12 steps between them or whatever, which is like, yes, they're still somewhat blood related, but is not that close. I didn't, I, I couldn't quite parse the family tree. Um, I, I knew, I, I know they do explain it, but the whole time I was just like, when she found out she had that power, like it didn't even cross her mind that they might be too closely related. Well, <laughs> I don't know how you should have this in your notes. Um, there was the whole thing about like the pond at the, I don't understand the pond. Yeah. Where they were trying to sort of give a, like a red herring of like, Oh, this is how she got the powers. Yeah. That you can be dipped in the waters and you get, yeah. I didn't quite follow the, the rules on that. Um, I think the way that it actually ended up was like, oh, no, that's not that's not right at all. Like, that was just a rumor. Yeah, that. Yeah. So I got confused. I will admit I I, I got I got flip turned upside down on yeah. the uh, on the rules of holy waters. <laughs> but I like Asher. I like the romance. I thought that was that's more of a thing I thought was like funny. And I didn't care. Hmm. It did not even come close to being a big deal for me. But uh, I like that he shows up and rescues her from time to time. And because that's like sweet, but she also doesn't need him to rescue her. Yeah. There, she did that one time for some reason. Um, I, <laughs> I also like. When she rescued him. Like, yeah, that's why he yeah. fell in love with her in the first place. Yeah, they do go back and forth. So I like that. Um, I like that it's not complicated. I like that they fall in love. He does get jealous, but there's, I don't think this story could have sustained a love triangle in addition yeah. to all the Mael stuff. So I think that was a good choice. Well, I don't think there was really any other male character who could have been the second. No, lady. when they introduced Kane looking at, no, you know who could have been the second one? You know who could have been the second one? Sarah. <laughs> Because they kept doing so many Yuri shots of Sarah yeah. and, and Arya. I was like, I showed that to my wife. I was like, okay, I need you to tell me if I am reading too much into this <laughs> or if this is what it looks like. And I just showed her like a couple of them like gazing into each other's eyes. It's like Sarah's like a little taller than her. And yeah. I'm like, she's like, nope, that's uh, that's two women in love. And I was like, that's what I thought. Okay. I think I think what they were going for there was like, Arya had no one in her first life. And so Sarah was basically her first friend. You had the maids, but the maids have some weird circumstances around them. So I don't think she could ever truly be real friends with them. But Sarah was someone is someone who's so genuine and like 
they connected on such a, a deep level this that is it's like where... this is the first real connection that Arya could ever have. So my wife laughed at me <clears throat> because I would finish a chapter and you know how you scroll down and you scroll into the comments and I scrolled into the comments and I'm just like sitting there frowning, shaking my head. <laughs> my wife's like, what? And I was like, these kids, these, these children, they don't understand. They're like, when Asher first showed up, they're like, I wonder if he's the crown prince. And I was like, motherfucker, did you see his brooch? <laughs> Obviously he's the crown prince. Like what? Of course he's the crown prince. We need to move on from that. That's not even what you're supposed to be reading right now. What you're supposed to be reading right now is, is so-and-so in love with so-and-so. I'm like, oh, and I got to that point where it's like all the scenes with Sarah, uh, where Arya at first is like, you as a reader, the author knows what they're doing this time for sure. You as a reader want her to like Sarah because you see Sarah genuinely starting to warm up to Arya. Yeah. And every time Arya thinks about Sarah, she can only think about her in terms of how wonderful a pawn she is how great it is to <laughs> use her and and all the comments on bato because and, and, and i make fun of these children on bato i'm like oh they're like oh you know you like her just just admit that you're friends and i'm like i, gr I begrudgingly like that one because i was like that's exactly <laughs> what i was thinking so it's like okay maybe i'm not that much more advanced they did uh, that a lot where <laughs> aria was obviously deeply traumatized from her first life. Mm -hmm. And so they would, they would have these things where she's telling herself like, almost like she needs to convince herself that she's the villain and she's doing bad things and she's using people um, in order to sort of have her accept the fact that she can get help from other people. When that was, that was written very well. What I really liked was her slowly realizing I actually care about these people. Yeah. Because as a reader, I was, this is where I said like the villainous thing, the anti-hero thing kind of got in my head a little bit because it's like, I do feel sympathy for my L. I think this author misunderstands my L. And I wondered if they were going to do the same thing. Like, is Sarah just going to, stubbornly be a pawn because that's what we decided because the story as written wants Mael to be a useful dupe and it also wants Sarah to be a best friend but then it lets Sarah be a best friend and I was like oh thank god <laughs> and then I my favorite character in the whole thing is Annie the maid okay the redhead maid, the materialist, <laughs> the the easy the the one who is most easily bribed. So you're into that? <laughs> I I loved no I loved Annie's whole arc as as a like she comes in she's she's a plant she's a spy for Mael, and Arya just easily brings her over to the to the dark side with like promises of like makeup and jewelry. And See, Annie, that's the thing for me is I don't like Annie because she's she's not actually a good person you know no she well okay but hear me out hear me out so she starts off i agree she's not a good person and she is it's funny how material she is and she wants to move up and she wants to marry a dude for money 
And the thing I think is interesting is that Arya points out that like, do you like this guy or do you do you like this guy because he has money? And it's like he's he's an okay guy. She doesn't hate him. But yeah, if he didn't have money, she wouldn't look twice. And it's like, what what else is she gonna do though? She's a maid in feudal Greece, France, yeah. Germany, England. And I guess and, there there is a point of like being honest with oneself. Yeah. And and so it's like and she doesn't treat him bad. No. And they, they wind up getting married. Yeah, she's and, not a bad person, but she's yeah. not a good person. <laughs> I she's real. That's yeah. why I like I, yeah. I respect Annie's realness. <laughs> but no. I uh I like that. But then I'm gonna argue that Annie develops a a depth of character as the story goes on when annie is placed in charge of commoner myel yeah annie genuinely tries to help her well and that's my my whole thing with that whole um series of events was like i i want and i think this is what you were sort of saying earlier is like you wanted myel to sort of go okay, I'm going to drop this. I'm going to try and be better. I want to continue to live. But she never does. She no. she plays into the scheme that Arya has set up. She can't stand that Annie, a commoner, is above her. Like By the end, I did hate Myel. Yeah. But I, I can't help but wonder. Like, I think by the end, though, what you're supposed to think... I uh, I wonder what the author's intention was because this is exactly what happened to Arya. Arya was manipulated into becoming a terrible person. And now Mael is being manipulated into becoming and she did. She became a terrible person. I don't think that she was manipulated for like really after she was um after the house was destroyed, right? So, like, once she became a maid, Arya <laughs> was certainly setting up the pieces so that if Mael decided that she was still going to be a terrible person, she would fall right into that trap. But if Mael had decided to be better, there wasn't really that many inciting incidents where you would go, oh, I can see why Mael is so angry. No, it was, it was like, Mael, what are you doing? You, what, do you know what situation you're in? I think the point of turn, or, or I'm sorry, the point of no return for Mael was when she pushes her dad down the stairs. Oh, certainly, yeah. That that was because up until that point, she's kind of operated on Lady Isis's orders. Mm-hmm. I don't think Lady Isis ordered that. No, I think she thought that was a dumb idea. That was something Mael came up with entirely on her own. Nobody manipulated her into doing that one. Yeah. And so that was um, that was where I knew she was not going to be redeemed. That was that was too far. Um, and I wanted her to come back because everybody likes a redemption story. But I, I knew that was that was not where this this was going to go. And in spite of all my misgivings about the way Myel is handled the execution of Arya's final revenge at that fucking tea party. I can't tell you like how much anxiety I have come to expect 
whenever somebody throws a goddamn tea party <laughs> from reading these comics. Tea like, party PTSD. <laughs> the tea party, I'd rather they go to battle than a tea party. <laughs> it's safer. Yeah. <laughs> Everything at a tea party is is a potential landmine. <laughs> Any every time anyone drinks tea ever at this point, as soon yeah. as they show the shot of like just the cup with the person's hand on it, it's like there's poison in there, isn't there? <laughs> the latest chapter of um, Villains Are Destined to Die, she's having tea with Derek, mm-hmm. and they have that shot in there, and I was oh, like, no. is Derek poisoning her? <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Anytime there is tea, anytime like and there's so much etiquette. Like and 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 there's so many rumors. And the tea party the tea party is a gamble. It's always a gamble. <laughs> it's an opportunity, but it's a risk. Like oh, it's a minefield. And and so when she, when Arya has the final tea party, at this point I did have tea party PTSD. Every tea party had been a battlefield. And now it's like the final tea party where everything is going to go wrong. (laughs) It was magical. I almost don't even want to spoil what happens at that tea party because that, that is really the, that's the proper climax of the series. I think Yeah. more than them getting married or anything like that is like that. That was, uh, the, probably I will say the best villainous moment I've mm. read. I really liked that. Now I will say if it ended there and it kind of does like they get married and everything and that's how it ends before the epilogues. Yeah. Um, if I had been reading this and that was the end, I would have been very disappointed. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I, I would have. I, I actually think the epilogues are almost necessary. That's interesting because I was thinking, and I saw a couple reviews of this, that the epilogue is sort of like unnecessary. And it's not that I didn't enjoy it. And it, it sort of felt like dessert. You know, so you've eaten this big meal. It's been five courses or whatever. And you had your appetizer, which is before she went back in time. And you had your starter, which, you know, and salad and all that, which was this buildup of as as she, you know, discovers, oh, I can use my future knowledge to do this. And and then, oh, I'm going to take down Emma. That was the the, uh, you know, the the nice um, end of those those first three courses and then you get to the nice big meal you get through this meal and you have this at the very end it's like okay now it's time for dessert and it's not you know important you don't need it but it's sweet and it tastes good in this case i disagree i'm going to say that the epilogue is is the wine pairing okay for the meal because to, to continue with the famous isekai sensei sama food metaphor (laughs) (laughs) I okay it is a victory lap it is low stakes nonsense hijinks Mm -hmm. Um, but this was my thing with a lot of these is like 
you build tension, you build tension, you build tension, you build tension, and then you pop it. And that's the end. And I wanted to like enjoy the victory a little bit. Okay. So also part of my problem is my favorite character, Annie does not get like her complete resolution mm. until the epilogues, nor does Jesse, my second favorite character. You know, Jesse, <laughs> I don't care for Jesse. Like she like doesn't, Jesse? she doesn't have the same issues that Annie does, but she always felt to me like she wasn't smart enough to be in that position, even though they portray her as very intelligent. And I, she, I think she's book smart. Book smart. She doesn't yeah. have the emotional intelligence, the social intelligence to be in the position that she's in. And so I get I get the character of Jesse. Again, she's not bad. She is actually a good person, like at heart. She's yeah. she might be the best person in the series. If anything, I'd say that's probably why she she doesn't seem like she belongs with this right. crew. Yeah. yeah. It just yeah, there there wasn't anything for Jesse that was like stand out to be like, okay, this is uh this is good for her characterization and building her up and all that. It just she just felt like a side character. Not Look, like man, I don't I don't remember Kane's name. I don't remember <laughs> the dad's name. Oh, that's fine. I remember fucking Hans, the newspaper boy who gets with Jesse because I was team maids. All right. I will <laughs> I don't remember uh Baron Boba Boba Bon Bon Bon, <laughs> but uh, I do remember he was a Baron, <laughs> and he owns a jewelry store. Question? Mark? No, he owns a, a, an essential oils store. <laughs> mm. Okay, maybe I don't. Team Annie. I don't know about <laughs> Baron Bobo, but no, I like the maids, and I like Arya in the background, like checking everybody out and yeah. making sure like Han's got to be good enough for Jesse. So I'm going to have to send him to college and I'm going to have to get him a fancy job. Like, cause, cause Ari is like, really, Jesse, you're going to marry Hans, the newspaper boy. Okay, fine. I guess I'll have to turn him into a badass too. I'm the only one who cares about some of these characters. <laughs> I know that. I don't even remember the king of, of, uh, Oh, King Lohan. I hate King Lohan. Can I just say like, King Lohan, I I know that he never outright does anything bad, but like, he's a dick. (laughs) I like, look, I need a sequel series, King (laughs) Lohan and uh, reincarnated Lady Isis. Oh, you spoiled it. I was going to ask you about that, how you felt. Because that was so out of left field for me. We're like, okay, this is the end. It's finally the end. Oh, by the way. Isis is reincarnated. I'm like, what well, they the heck is going on? I, I was wondering. I was like, why are they talking so much about the goddamn royal power at this execution? And they, I was like, and then they never did anything with I it. I know they, they definitely set it up. But it and also, then at the if, end, it, no, I want that. That Like, if there's that sequel series, we get the villainous turns the hourglass to. I'd read it. The Reckoning. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like, I want to see Lady Isis and King Lohan versus, I don't know if they can come up with, like, a third kingdom, but Mm. (laughs) I don't know what the plot would be. (laughs) So, um, but speaking of maids, um, so was your favorite maid Ruby? No. (laughs) That was, 
So Ruby was completely in the epilogue and honestly felt so unrealistic to me. Like she, she reminded me of uh, Nightfall from Spy Family. The, the yeah, to an extent, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I could just see her, like she's looking at Arya, and she's like, "Ski." Yeah, but like they they set it up. They're they're like, "Oh, she's so smart and capable and everything," and then like she's just doing the stupidest things. Like Brought why low by a child? Why would you treat? The, the princesses like this. This is so stupid. How well, she didn't know they were princesses. She thought they were cousins. No, I mean in the original oh, yeah. timeline. Oh, because she was deeply in love with Arya. And they were the reason that Arya wasn't like the powerhouse anymore. Well, right. But it was visible to everyone that Arya loves her children. Like, Yeah, but that's not the Arya... I, I didn't fall in love with loving mother Arya. I fell in <laughs> love with cunning badass Arya. I, I also... And you took her from me. Specifically in the epilogue, this thing that they did, which I don't know, if maybe you have some other thoughts on this, but where they had Arya meet God and had God go, just do whatever you want. Like, I was like, what? what, what is this? I did, okay. I did write a note about that where I was like, I'm going to choose to enjoy this. (laughs) This is how I interpret what he says to her. I think is close to word for word as I can remember is, um, do, uh, something like do what you want and it'll turn out how you want. And I chose to read that as a kind of, you will reap what you sow kind of metaphor. Like see, I, if you I, act in the appropriate, if you act right, action leads to right result. I, so the lead up to that was that she was like questioning what everything that she had done. Right. And like mm-hmm. getting hard on herself and I'm definitely the villain and all that kind of thing. Um, but then they're talking about like all of these things work out. Right. All of these things that she's done has worked out. She gained these powers and everything. So God has blessed them, right? They they are a blessed existence. And then for whatever reason, we needed God to explicitly say that. Like he, he basically said, everything that you are doing is part of my plan. So like, mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, that's. How God talks in real life a lot of the I time. Mean, yeah, but like, why did we, <laughs> why did we need that? <laughs> yeah, that was unnecessary. <laughs> like, I get why people think the epilogue is this like sugary icing, yeah. but I, again, I like a tuxedo mask. I, I like a I like a chibi. I, I usagi. I, I, <laughs> I want to be clear. Like, I did enjoy the epilogue. Um, uh, Bliss and and Lippy Lippy are great. I think they're, and, and that whole like family story, I think was good. There was just things in the epilogue that were like, what, what, what are we doing? This is weird. (laughs) That to me was like that when she meets God, I guess I, (laughs) it was stupid. There's, there's no two ways around that. It, It was really dumb, but it was also everything I was hoping the end of one of these series would be. <laughs> <laughs> because, 
You can't get much higher drama than that. Mm. Then I'm going to have a confrontation. The only way this could have been more uh, high drama is if God had brought out a teapot. (laughs) Then I don't think Arya's getting out of there. (laughs) (laughs) I did um, the... uh, the magical MacGuffin of the epilogue because mm-hmm. they set this up. Oh, when, when Aria has children, she gets like disabled and like, Oh, it's a big thing and all that. And then they're just like, Oh, by the way, there's a magical lake that heals everything. Yeah. I, I, I had a feeling it was going to go that way because like, you know, she has the magical hourglass. You, you can do a C-section um, there's, there, <laughs> but they also needed because the, they throw in the added caveat of like the, the one daughter's heart is going to stop and she needs her powers to do that. And I was like, well, here's the thing. If you do a C-section, one of two things is going to happen. Either her heart's going to stop and she's going to get her powers anyway, or, uh, it's not going to stop and everything's fine. So just do that. And they had, you know, I was going to say they had that back then they did, Depending on when this is set. <laughs> Did you know that the chainsaw was invented for C-sections? Really? Mm. Is that true? Yeah. That's horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. To be fair, it wasn't uh, engine powered back then. It was a crank. Uh, not better. Yeah. A little bit. You got to have a guy that's like keeping the rhythm. Like, tell you what, okay, maybe the C section wasn't the safest operation. Maybe I'm maybe I'm playing up the benefits of that a little bit. But uh, yeah, that's I, it, it. Was fine. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was fine. Yeah, the the magic. Like I was not here for the lore. Right. I like I said. I don't. I don't, I don't know how the pond they actually planned worked. So the pond they threw in at the end, I don't care. I would have liked to know, like, I I know they. Oh, it was uh, somebody from the Imperial family left and like went to this village that was having like water problems or something and basically gave his power to give them this magical lake or whatever. Well, they showed when when she's like the the maid shows up and she's like, hey, I need to give this water to the Empress or she's going to kill me. Um, they're like the empress and then the light of God shines in his eye and he's like, of course. Yeah. And I was like, what was that about? It was, I mean, I guess that was God interfering again, but like, right. what are you doing God? What? You're just going to give her the water. Why did you put it so far away? Like, what, right. I, I don't know about this, but, and Hey God, you know, maybe just don't have Arya have a terrible life just to start with. Well, okay. So there, there was one thing they did with God, where Arya and Asher are talking about her meeting with God, and they're talking about what God wants and why He does this. And Arya speculates that God just enjoys a good story. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, I see what you did there." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is God an author insert? <laughs> no, that couldn't possibly be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I don't know. It was a lot of fun. It, overall, it was a lot of fun. I yeah. really enjoyed it. Um, 
I would read a sequel. Uh, like I, I sat there reading this. I, I wanted to, I started with enough time to finish it. I always start reading a little late, but I had two weeks. I got through it in two days. <laughs> so I had a lot of fun with it. I liked the characters and that's why I thought the epilogues were necessary because I was reading it for fun, mm-hmm. not for like high drama or suspense. And I wanted the high drama and suspense. The high drama and suspense is what makes the epilogue work. I wanted them to take a victory lap. That's kind of what I want from all of these series. I don't just want tension. I, yeah. I want a release. Some Sometimes, and, and, and like I said, I did enjoy the epilogue. I think sometimes series need a wind down because mm-hmm. of like how heavy they are everything. This one was sort of middle of the road for me on terms of like heaviness. There was definitely a lot of like subterfuge and death and all that kind of stuff, but I didn't feel like it was as deeply dramatic as some of the other series that I read. So the length, I think the length of the epilogue was maybe part of what made me go like, is this really necessary? Probably. Yeah. You probably could have cut 10 chapters. Yeah. You probably could have cut it in half and it would have been fine. But again, it was like, you know, and for me, it was like a nice piece of cake at the end of a big meal. It's like, yeah, I'm just going to leave this. You know, this was an amazing meal that I had and I'm just sort of like capping it off in a nice way. Yeah. I definitely would have been disappointed if it had ended where the main series ended. Right. I, you know, if, I guess what I'm thinking is like they could have not done an epilogue and just did like five to ten chapters at the end. I would have been fine with that. But then again, epilogues are sort of like mandatory, really important for Manwa for some reason. <laughs> um, and most of the time it's, OK, the main couple got together. Now we have to show their children. I wonder if it doesn't like maybe it doesn't mean epilogue. I guess that is an epilogue, but in the traditional sense of like. This is just like they're telling you with the epilogue that I'm not starting a new story with this. Right. I'm just <laughs> yeah. all of the arcs are done. Yeah. Now here's the fan fiction. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Where everybody gets married and everybody has babies and everybody's gotta, babies are friends. You gotta see the babies. You've been you've, you've spent a hundred some chapters waiting for these two to get together, and they finally do it. They gotta I'm, have babies. I'm going to make a comparison I guarantee nobody has ever made before. And I'm going to say that Otome Isekai epilogues are a lot like the original Star Wars Expanded Universe. That was the reason I read the Star Wars Expanded Universe, because it's like it ended, and it's just one big epilogue where everybody has kids, and everybody's (laughs) kids are friends, and they go on adventures. Yep. And it's basically fan fiction of like everything turns out great. And then Disney throws all that in the garbage because it's not good storytelling and it's not, (laughs) but it's what we all wanted. And that's what Disney found out, unfortunately. Yeah. So my Um, point is Disney making Otome Isekai. (laughs) They probably, do they not? I'm sure they have. Um, You can find Isekais everywhere. Oh God, <laughs> that's a different episode. <laughs> and it's not this. Um, so 
before we we wrap up with all of the uh, you know end of episode stuff we we always have to get to, um, is there anything in your notes that we missed? Oh, is there anything in my notes that we missed? Let I know. You, so since you took copious notes, we want to make sure I we did. Don't I had miss to. Anything. T- <laughs> I wanted to make sure I didn't forget the story. Um, I have a lot about my L. I I actually did take notes before the epilogue and after the epilogue and my opinions after the epilogue are much better (laughs) i did write down kane's name sorry kane (laughs) i did not write down the count's name i just wrote down the count the count does not have a first name the count here is my note this is just a little bonus for the people still listening he is a stooge period (laughs) jesse is aria's ever loyal and pragmatic maid Annie. Annie is an ambitious girl <laughs> whose desires whose desire for material rewards is exploited by Arya. She becomes a steadfast, if not wise, ally. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me write the character summaries on the wiki. Yeah, right. I'll do Annie. I'll do Annie proper. Okay, so as this is a series that already completed. I already have it rated. Oh my god! So, would you care to venture a guess as to what I rated this at? <sighs> so, I've been thinking about this. I need to read a few more before I can do it. But on another podcast I do, we have a rubric. There, I'm going to make a rubric for these because <sighs> uh, I need to. There has to be standards. We have to be able to quantify how much we enjoyed something. I will fill out a rubric. I am not going to be involved in the creation of one. That's okay. I can do that. So um, I'm going to say for you, seven or eight. Interesting. Maybe, maybe I haven't properly explained how much I like this series. Oh, is this near a nine or a 10? I have this marked as a nine. Okay. Now I believe I, I marked this before the epilogue started so that, you know, at the end of the series, I marked it and then the epilogue comes after. But for me, this series, it just has everything that I love. It has the not overly complicated political plots. It's got the revenge it's got the um, the romance in there. It's got magic that isn't overly used. Um, you have the the back and forth uh, jabs. You've got the behind the scenes, the the maids doing this, and it's just every single thing I love about these Otomo Isekai series. This series did in spades. Nice. I'm. I would rate it at an eight, which I feel like has been the common number I tend to give for each of these. I actually really like all of them and you guys are all sending me like the better ones. So I'm, I'm spoiled by having somebody else filter them for me. (laughs) Um, but yeah, this was an eight. I, I think there is probably a little mishandling of my L that that's the only reason it didn't get up to a nine. I, as a, as the main antagonist as, as like to the point where she comes back as like a Shakespearean ghost. I think that was more like P 
PTSD. I I understand, but it's so same in Shakespeare. Like I I don't know that Hamlet's father is actually talking to him. But oh sure, sure. Like it, it's like she just wasn't that. Like <laughs> I I know she was that to Arya, but I am not Arya, and I I I found the obsession with Mael a little misplaced. Mm. I feel like the story started with an idea about Mael. But then it evolved away from that. But the author had to sort of stick to the outline on my own. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's the vibe I get. But that's I read a lot of books. I write. I spend a lot of time analyzing that. So not a big deal, though. I think it came around in the end. I think my eventually did prove herself to be the the true villainess when she pushed her dad down the stairs. So yeah. one point off for that. But the rest is a solid eight. I would go so far as to say, you know, within the context of. Otome Isekai, it is a solid eight, but within the context of like dramatic fiction, especially stuff that like I'm thinking about like CW shows or like <laughs> like back in the day, like I used to watch like Charmed or mm-hmm. um, uh, I'm trying to think like uh, the DC ones, Arrow, all those like soap opera ones that were on there. Um, this is better than most of those. Oh yeah. <laughs> Like if, if I saw a television adaptation of this, I'd watch it. I, I think this can compete with other dramatic fiction outside of its uh, genre and fan yeah. base. And and I'll say, you know, the reason I didn't give this a 10 is basically the reasons that, that you gave not to give it a 9 or 10, which is I think that the some of the writing and the characterization especially with Mael sort of falls a bit short of giving you the 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 proper justifications that it needs to yeah some some of the some of the things feel out of left field and it's like why why would this character do that and it's like well cuz it needs to move the story along and it's like right okay but like the best story will give you the the reasoning of why we need to move the story along. Yeah. And some things that could have bumped it up to a nine in spite of that would be like really good art. The art was, we didn't really even touch on the art. I would say the art is, is very solid. It's not like amazing. It isn't super stylized in any sort of sort of way. It's, it's your, it's a standard manhwa art but done very competently. Yeah, that's what I, that's the exact word I was going to use. It's competent. It does its job. It doesn't go above and beyond, but it's not bad at any point. There's The quality is very consistent. Yeah. For me, yeah. Um, in order for art to have any kind of sway on <laughs> my score, it either has to be really, really bad, at which point it'll go down, or it has to be like, amazing just like out of this world stylized like just doing its own thing um and this didn't really do that so for me the art didn't really influence the score at all yeah yeah art art could have bumped it up for me um a couple of character tweaks could have bumped it up for me but yeah overall really solid everybody has continued to recommend really good stuff yeah it is very it is a very well rated series so 
definitely a recommendation from me. Um, although, I mean, all of these are, so I don't know <laughs> that I can really. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd recommend it. I'd recommend it. Like, I think this would be a fine starting point for the Otome Isekai genre. If you're mm-hmm. um, somebody who's just read romance comics before or, or shoujo manga before, if, if you wanted to get into this side of it. I think this is good. Not really an isekai, I guess. Maybe that's why it's it's an easier starting point too, because it yeah. sort of eases you into the concept of. Yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's sort of isekai adjacent, mm-hmm. and reincarnation or backwards time travel kind of stuff. You know, go back to the past and redo your life is like is buttoned right up against isekai, even though it's not. <laughs> it's emotionally the same thing. Yeah. Somebody goes somebody starts their life with an, with an advanced knowledge of something. Yeah. Yeah. But I I think it's a, it's a great starting point. Yeah. Um, I actually, uh, I was a guest on Shonen Flop, uh, recently. Um, that episode should actually be out the day that this comes out. Um, and we went over tricks dedicated to witches, which is marked as an isekai in lots and lots of ways. And we even talked about it, uh, on that episode as if it was an isekai. But the thing is, it's not. He time travels back in into the past on the earth. <laughs> like he's he's in medieval Europe. So it's technically not an isekai. But again, it's so close. It has so many of those tropes that like you basically just go, yeah, it's an isekai. It feels like an isekai, yeah. And that's a genre policing to an extent. Yeah. But- but go check out Shonen Flop if you haven't before. Um, well, I had a lot of fun recording that. I look forward to hearing it. All right. So this is the part of the podcast where we pick the series that we're going to check out next. And we actually got a recommendation this time once again. So oh my um, God. Concubine Walkthrough, which was the last episode, was a recommendation. Um, thanks, Rena. Uh, this time, we got an email. So Tobias from Germany emailed us to let us know that he liked what we were doing. And he actually gave me four different recommendations, three of which are already on the list. <laughs> <laughs> so I picked the one that I didn't have on the list. And this is actually a series that I've I've seen a lot. I actually have it on my to read in the future list. And so I was like, well, that'll be great. So... You know, a lot of times with these that we're doing, I've already read the series. You're the one, you know, getting into it. But mm. it's fun for me to get into a series I've never checked out before. And I think those probably make for more interesting episodes because I don't know going into it if it's going to be good. <laughs> now, this series is actually really well rated, so I expect it to be good. Um, and so that series is... Master Villainous, the Invincible. Okay. So we're going to check that out, and uh, I think that'll be a good time. And this special announcement, um, and this is contingent on everything lining up and working out, but for the next episode on Master Villainous, the Invincible, we're going to have a guest. Ooh. Yeah, so look forward to that. Fantastic. 
fancy. It's like a real podcast now. <laughs> so I wanted to thank Segoy Mart, who is partnering with us now. Uh, Segoy Mart is a retailer of Japanese snacks, drinks, toys, and merch. Um, they have a lot of cool stuff that you can't get outside of Japan. So we now have uh, an affiliate link with them, uh, which is going to be in the description. Or you can use uh, the code APR15 at checkout and you get 15% off your first order with our link or with that code. Um, they also sent us a box. We did an unboxing recently, so that's going to be up on our YouTube channel. So check that out. Um, and so I want to thank Segoy Mart for partnering with us. So as always, you can let us know what you think on social media. Um, and as, as you can see, if you've got a series that you want to recommend to us, um, we'll, we'll probably do it. So be sure to reach out. You can find all of our social media stuff on our website, which is animepodcasterreincarnation.com. Uh, and you can also leave comments on the episodes there. And we also have other posts and reviews. Um, ben reviews lots of different things up there. Um, new manga, different books that he's read. So you should check that out. And on there, you can find links to all of our different social media stuff. Uh, our Patreon, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. And you can just send us an email to isekai-sensei-sama at gmail.com. And as always, don't forget to check out the main podcast, That Time I Got Reincarnated in the Same World as an Anime Podcaster. Um, those episodes come out opposite to these, so be sure to check that out. And please rate us on your podcast platform of choice. That really helps us out. And you know, if you can't get enough of Ben talking about stuff that he's reading, you can check out his other podcast, Words About Books. Uh, they recently covered Spy Family on there, um, which is a book. It counts. We're, call, we're calling it a graphic novel, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that was a fun episode. Um, his co-host does not read pretty much, you know, manga, not really into anime. So that was a, a new and interesting thing for them. If you want to hear uh, a perspective on Spy Family, more from the, the writing of Spy Family than, than from the uh, animation or illustration, that's what we focus on. So once again, thanks for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We always enjoy recording these. and um, We've had a bunch of people reach out and let us know that they really like heroin addiction. So thanks so much to, to our listeners. Now... If you'll excuse me, uh, I have to go look up Romance Mama Rehab Clinics. I hear there's a magical pool for that. <laughs>
I, I don't want to be offensive if, here, but I think that's what it's coming from. If it were Japanese, I could give you some guidance, but I do not know. Yeah. Korean has more sounds than Japanese. That's all I know. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but, but that's yeah, the only as, thing that makes sense to me because they're <laughs> Asher, Aster. Like, eh. Asterop is a terrible name. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry that I don't know what that it, hodgepodge of language, linguistic references is supposed to be. But uh, is he Greek? I... 